This morning, I want to talk to you about something that is dear to my heart, dear to everybody's heart, and that is unstoppable peace, unstoppable peace. And I'm reading from John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not, I do not give it to you as the world gives it. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And Paul the Apostle he is actually speaking to those in Thessalonica, and he tells them in chapter 3, verse 16, Now may the Lord of peace, everybody say the Lord of peace. May the Lord of peace, Jehovah Shalom, may, him, may he himself give you peace. Listen what he says. May he give you shalom, rest, tranquility, order in your life. May the God of peace give you peace at all times, not just sometimes, but at all times. When you're going through the valley, all times. When, you, when you're facing a fiery trial, all time. When you don't have enough money in the back, all times. When you face a death of a, all time. May the Lord of peace give you peace at all times in every way, in every way. The Lord be with all of you. So this morning as we continue our series, Unstoppable, we began this series on Easter Sunday morning and we said we celebrate an unstoppable God and because we've got an unstoppable God, we've got unstoppable hope, we've got unstoppable faith, we've got unstoppable joy, we are an unstoppable church and we are an unstoppable family. Come on somebody. But this morning I want to talk to you about unstoppable peace in our life. If you recall, First Peter Peter tells us that even though we're going through very difficult trials in our life, we have unstoppable hope, unstoppable faith that equals unstoppable joy. And he tells us we can experience all of this with peace in our life as we're going through different fiery trials in our life. Notice what he says in verse 6, in all this, in all of what? In all of the trials that you face in your life, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer all kinds of grief and trials of all kinds. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. In other words, Peter tells us that we find hope, we find faith, we experience joy in the most difficult times in our lives. Now I want to confess to you this morning that last week was an incredibly stressful week for me. In fact, I want to make another confession. I know we're, we're confessing things today and Ron Showers is working through transformation in his life from going from a Cub fan to a Yankee fan and it's hard to let go of bondage in your life. It's hard to let go of losing for so long in your life. And like Jesus said to the man at the well, he said at uh, the man at the pool of Bethsaida, he said, do you want to change? Do you want to get better? And that's what I keep on saying to Ron. Do you want to change? Do you want to come on a winning team? A winning 26 Seven. No, I'm God, let's go on. I want to confess to you today that last Wednesday I had gotten home from a trip driving four days straight. And I have to be honest with you, I was stressed. And I began to study about this sermon, and I actually called my wife into my office. She was in the office. I said, Honey, I don't feel like I'm worthy to preach this sermon. 
I feel like I did not really pass the test because, man, there were times when I let stress get to me. I felt it. I felt it in my chest, felt it in my arm. I felt it as I was driving. Now, some people like to drive. I don't like to drive for four days straight. It's not me. I'm not a driver, you know, and so here's what happened on my journey. I actually had to go pick up my daughter, which I am really excited about. Janine came to live at home again with us, and she was serving as a missionary over in Missouri. Uh, She was actually traveling around the world doing missionary work but she was stationed in Missouri but she's home and I'm thankful for that but to get her home was rather stressful and I don't really like to drive and I didn't want to go have have to drive all the way there and then rent a U-Haul trailer and get a hitch and and do all of those things and get her back and so it was kind of stressful in fact I, I want to be honest with you it was so stressful and you know the truth of the matter is is that we had two cars so we were traveling with two cars and I was driving all by myself most of the time in the car and so when stress really gets to you you start to do some crazy things I want you to take a look at this video to show you how crazy it started to get. So I'm on my way home from picking up Janine in Missouri and uh, this has been my driving partner for the last 20 hours and uh, we've had some incredible conversation and uh, she hasn't talked back to me one time. Uh, She's told me that I'm really a nice person, extremely handsome, and uh, and that I have a lot of wisdom. She thinks that uh, I have suitcases filled with wisdom. So I'm thankful for this, uh, this uh, person, this suitcase that I've been traveling with for the last two days. See, that's what happens so I'm on my way. when you let stress get to you. That's what happens to you when, when you go over the top, right? You start talking to your suitcase in the car. I, I, I felt like I was the castaway with a soccer ball and I was talking to Wilson. I started to talk to everything. That's what happens when stress gets the best of you. Now, I have to admit that stress gets to me. How about you? How many of you in this room, you would say there have been times in your life when you didn't pass the test of peace, there have been times in your life when you allowed stress to get to you. Come on, let me see your hands. Am I the only one in this room, huh? I think we all deal with stress in our life. In fact, I, I looked up some statistics about stress, and 77% of people in America regularly, Americans, Not people that don't have food, not people that, you know, don't have cars, not people that don't have what they need. Americans, 77% of Americans regularly experience physical symptoms caused by stress. 73% regularly experience psychological symptoms caused by stress, like they talk to their suitcase on the way home from Missouri. 33% feel they are living with extreme stress. 48% of Americans feel their stress has increased over the past five years. And the medical world has long known that stress can increase and cause all kinds of physical problems in our life. It causes heart disease. Researchers have long suspected that the stressed out type A personality (laughs) has a higher risk of high blood pressure and heart problems. 
They have a risk for asthma, obesity, diabetes, headaches, depression, and anxiety, and all kinds of problems physically. Alzheimer's disease can be brought on by extreme stress as well. So what are the biggest reasons for stress in people's lives? Number one, as a child, people who have been abused as a child actually they tell, statistically, well, the statistics tell you that many people that have been abused as child, the stress is carried over into their adulthood. Death of a loved one. The Holmes Ray Social Readjustment Rating Scale shows that the death of a spouse can be one of the most stressful events in a person's life that they can ever face. Divorce. Divorce is another leading cause of stress among men and women. This, according to the Holmes Ray scale, in addition to dealing with the variety of stressful emotions that are caused by divorce, divorce usually means that one or both spouse must leave their home. Finances. Finances, particularly mortgage foreclosures, are another leading cause of stress, ranking at the top of the Holmes Ray stress assessment scale. Jobs, work-related stress is common among men and women who have demanding jobs and work long hours. Health, personal health issues can be stressful on both the child and the adult. Personal relationship, everyone has difficulty with people and conflict with other people creates an incredible amount of stress. Chronically ill children, Parents who have a child with serious health problems or injury frequently are under great deals of stress. Pregnancy, an unwanted pregnancy. There, there should never be on an unwanted pregnancy, but there are times when it's unplanned. And as a result of that, it causes incredible stress. And then if there's any complications, and I want to stop right now because I promised that I would pray for Jillian every day. And I've been praying for Jillian Barton every day. Uh, Michael Barton, who's a, an incredible friend of mine, his daughter had twins, and they are one pound each. She gave birth at five months, and they're doing good. And we're going to believe God is going to touch them and give them strength. But would you take, take one moment with me right now? What, can we pray for Jillian? I, I promised that I would pray for her, and I hope that she's watching, that she could see that we're praying. Father, we pray. For Jillian right now, Lord, that you would touch her and these beautiful children, Lord God, these beautiful two little girls, Lord, Dia and Demi, Lord. We pray that you give them strength every day, God, that they would, they would get stronger and more healthier. And, Lord, we thank you for healthy children in the future, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, dangerous situations such as fires and automobile accidents or being the victim of a crime can cause incredible stress in people's lives. And we know that the fear of terrorism causes incredible stress. Sometimes I'm, I want to be honest with you, sometimes I'm driving on the train, you know, I'm riding the train, the subway, and I, I start, my, my mind starts to go in a place that I, I don't want it to go when I think about terrorism. And so we know that we have a stress-filled world that we live in. In fact, I want to ask you, how would you describe yourself today? I want you to think about it. If you had a term to describe who you are, would it be stressed out? Would it be burnt out? Would it be worn out? Would it be wigged out? Or would it be, I'm ready to tap out? Somebody just said all the above. 
And if so, maybe you need a vacation or maybe you need a really nice jacuzzi. Whatever it is, you probably need to slow down a bit and consider the effects that stress is having on your body, on your soul, on your mind. But here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus tells us that we can experience, listen to me, unstoppable peace in our life. Now, I want to confess to you again that when I am really highly stressed, I know that something is going wrong in my life that I'm doing something to cause a lot of that stress. And I've, I need to reevaluate. We're going to talk about that. I need to slow down. I need to begin to see what is causing all the stress in my life. The, the, the truth is that God actually doesn't want us to be completely stress-free. You're never going to be completely stress-free. That's the truth. Now, I know that we need to do things we need to recognize why we are stressed, but you're never, ever going to be stress-free until the day that you leave this earth. And if you don't know Jesus, your stress is going to go a, hot, a lot hotter and a lot higher after you leave this place. But if you know Jesus, then your stress is going to be gone. Because the truth is, God actually works within stressful situations in our life. Did you notice that? In fact, sometimes God actually puts us in stressful situations in our life. Listen to me. To get us from point A to B, God often allows us to go through stressful situations in our life. Abraham had to go through a stressful situation in his life to get to point B. God said to Abraham, I want you to leave everything that you know. Is that stressful? I mean, if God came to you and said, I want you to leave your family, I want you to leave your home, I want you to leave everything you know, and trust me, would that be stressful for you? Right? Moses had to go through a, a tremendously stressful time to get to the promised land. Joseph had to go through an incredibly stressful time of his life. It's a season, you know. Ron and I, we have a joke now, you know, because I was telling Ron on the way to the game, man, I, I had a really stressful, stressful week. He said, Pastor Steve, you've had a stressful life. <laughs> he said, I, and I keep on saying to Ron all the time, it's just a season. And so Ron reminds me, Steve, you've been saying that for a little while now. It's just a season, just a season. And we do need to remind ourselves that there are certain things in our life that are seasons, aren't they? That you know you're going to get out of that season. You know that it's a particularly stressful season because maybe you're taking an exam and you're studying for that exam. Or maybe there's somebody sick in your family or whatever it may be. I want you to remember this one thing, brother. It's a season. And God will get you through the season. I want you to say that with me. I'm going through a season. And God will get me through the season. God always gets us through the seasons of our life. Amen? And so to get us from point A to point B, sometimes God has to put us through a stressful season. That's why James says, consider it pure joy when you encounter many stressful situations in your life. That's what he said, didn't he? He said, when you encounter trials of your life. How many of you, when you have a trial in your life, you say, oh boy, I'm so happy that I have a trial in my life now. How many of you go, oh boy, I couldn't wait to have this stressful situation in our life, right? But, but James says, consider it pure joy when you encounter all kinds of stressful situations 
in your life. Why? Because God wants us to learn how to trust him more, how to believe him more, how to see him work in every situation. And sometimes he's got to put us in a situation, in a stressful situation to show us that he's a mighty God. Come on, somebody say amen. In fact, the author and speaker Randy Alcorn actually gives us several reasons why God uses stress in our life. I love this. This is really, this is really great. Number one, God uses stress. I want you to write this down. God uses stress sometimes in our life to get our attention. Did you notice that? In fact, God created our bodies so that we can be warned that there's too much stress in our life. He created them to send us messages too much overload in our life. C.S. Lewis said pain is God's megaphone and some of us are hard of hearing and we ignore physical, mental, and spiritual warning signs. God wants us to tune our ears to the messages he sends us through our minds and our bodies. And so if your body is aching somewhere and your wife didn't beat you up in the middle of the night, it's probably because you've got some stress going on. I know stress points in my body. And when my body's hurting at a certain place, I know overload. When I'm feeling a certain way, when I'm feeling defeated, because I'm not a person that usually walks around feeling defeated. When I'm feeling discouraged, when I'm feeling very irritable, when I'm feeling short mentally, I know I'm on overload. Somebody say, oh me, if you can't say amen. Number two, God sometimes uses stress to help us to redefine or rediscover our priorities in our life. Sometimes we neglect or we forget what is really important in our life. Maybe for a dad or a mom, we've forgotten that Spending time with our children is a top priority. Maybe you as a husband, you've been working way too hard, and now you're feeling the stress of that, and God is actually applying the stress in your life because he wants you to go home. He wants you to quit, not your job, but quit working so, so hard over the top because you've made something else a priority in your life than what is really supposed to be the number one priority in your life. So sometimes God wants us to, to, to really slow down. He wants us to understand that our priorities are in the wrong place. And so he actually applies more stress in your life. You're praying, God, give me strength. And God say, no, 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 no. This is not about strength. This is not about about more grace. This is about you stopping, slowing down, having a Sabbath in your life and making sure that you re-prioritize your life. And until you do that, that pain in your neck is not going to go away. And I'm not talking about your wife. Number three, God sometimes uses stress to draw us back to him. Time and time again, God caused the Israelites to go through stressful times so that they could come back to God. Second Chronicles 15 says this, but in their, listen, in their distress, in their distress, what's the root word there? Stress. In their stressful situation that caused them to send out an SOS, we are in distress, 
they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. Jonah, when he's on the run away from God, he's running away from the will of God. What does God do? He puts him in a very stressful situation. He gets on a ship because he's trying to run away from God. He's trying to run away from the call of God. But what does God do? He sends a storm. That's stressful. And then they throw him overboard. That's pretty stressful. How would you like to be on a cruise liner running away from God, being out of the will of God, and you're on this carnival cruise liner, and you just want to get away from the will of God, and you want to get away from the things that God is telling you to do, and you're going to party, and all of a sudden, the, the people, there's a big storm, and God tells the people, listen, if you throw that dude over overboard, uh, you're going to be safe, everything's going to be good, and they throw you overboard. I think you'd be stressed out a little bit, and in his stress, the Bible says that Jonah says, I quit. I stopped running away from you, God. God, I'm willing to listen to you and obey you and at that moment God intervened and listen to me I'm here to tell you that somebody is running away from the will of God in their life maybe it's a husband maybe it's a wife maybe it's a young person and I'm telling you today if you're not serving the Lord young person I'm telling you God's going to apply the stress in your life because he loves you with an everlasting love and he's going to pursue you until you give up until you say yes Lord I want to do it your way come on let me tell you something I was running away from the will of God from 15 to 19 years old and I want to tell you that I, I was trying to have a good time but God threw a very stressful situation in my way why because I was running away from God God applied the stress and I said I give in God I give up and you know what the moment that I gave in to the will of God peace came back in my life and I'm telling you today that there's somebody in this room, you're running away from God and you have no peace in your heart. You have no peace in your life. But the moment that you surrender your will back to God, that peace will come back into your life again. Come on. David, David said, when I did not repent of my sins, it was so stressful that the Bible says it was like a heavy weight on him. And then David says, in my distress, I called to the Lord. Hallelujah. Today, you can call to the Lord in your distress. You can call to the Lord right now. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. For this, in his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. I called on the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. God will answer you today in your distress if you're willing to submit to him. Amen. God sometimes uses stress in our life to discipline us. He uses it to discipline us. Now, now, I'm not just talking about chastisement. I'm talking about spiritual discipline in our life. How many of you want to be smarter and wiser in the Lord? Let me see your hands. How many of you want to go deeper in God? Let me see your hands. Oh, I want to go deep with you, God. How many of you want to possess more spiritual authority in your life? Let me see your hands. How many of you want to experience the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Come on, let me see. How many of you want to experience peace in your life? How many of, uh, how many of you want to experience joy? How many of you want to experience self-control? Let me see your hands. Like just one of you want to be self-controlled in this room. How many of you want to experience all the nine fruits of the Spirit? Guess what? God's going to have to prune you. He's going to have to, the gardener's going to have to come and discipline you. Notice what it says in Hebrews. My son or daughter, do not make light of the Lord's discipline 
And do not lose heart when he corrects you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as children. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as a son or a daughter. God's discipline for us is for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline is pleasant at the time, but painful later. However, it produces, listen what it says, a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Number five, God often uses discipline in our lives to strengthen our faith and make us strong. First Peter chapter one, these trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proven genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. James 1, consider it pure joy. Notice why we're, con- we're to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face stressful trials of all kinds in your life, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Listen to me. How many of you want to be mature as Christians? Let me see your hands. How many of you think you're mature as Christians? <laughs> oh, no hands were raised. Good, good. You know, the Bible says we become mature by the things that we have to go through in our life. God teaches us how to trust him more, how to have faith, how to have patience, long-suffering, how to have self-control, all these great things through stressful situations in our life. So before I go any further this morning, is your stress in your life due to unconfessed sin? Or is it due to unresolved issues in your life? Or is it Due to overspending in your life. You're stressed today because you had to have that whatever it is. And you overspent in your life. Or maybe it's because your life is out of balance. Or maybe it's because you're not able to say no. This week I realized one thing. As I was driving back from Missouri talking to my suitcase. That suitcase was so wise because the suitcase said back to me. You're not God. You're not the Messiah. You can't answer everybody's questions. You can't meet everyone's needs. And you've got to learn how to say no sometimes and balance out your life. So there are are going to be times when God does apply the stress in our life because he wants to get our attention. Because our life is out of balance. Because we're living in sin. Sometimes God will apply the stress in our life because he knows that we need to go deeper spiritually in our life. So let me ask you some basic questions to see whether or not you're really stressed. I took a test. My wife and I took the test together. It was a stress test. I want to give it to you today. So I want to ask you these questions. Number one, are you frequently late or do you miss appointments? Are your emotions near the surface? Do you seem to get angry really fast or irritated at the smallest things? Do you seem to cry really easy? Do you feel that everyone else is controlling your time and your life? And all the mothers said, that's it? I've been shouting. Amen, somebody hear me. Are you quick to argue with others? Are you suppressing unresolved anger or hurt? 
Do you always wonder when you're going to get around to doing something you enjoy doing for yourself? Are you tired all the time? If you're married, do you seem to be too busy to be romantic with your spouse? Uh-oh. <laughs> do you find yourself wanting to escape most of the time? Are you in a rush to get into the next thing or to do the things on your to-do list? Are you having a hard time sleeping? Are you spending time maintaining your most, most important relationships in your life? Or are you neglecting your most important relationships in your life? Are you too busy but often wonder if you really are accomplishing anything important in your life? Are you too busy and yet wondering, are you accomplishing anything really important in your life? Are there external stressful circumstances beyond your control? If that's you, I've got hope-filled news for you. Jesus wants you to experience unstoppable peace in your life. John 14 says, peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives it. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus wants us to experience unstoppable peace in our life. And the truth is, when I'm not experiencing peace in my life, it's because I'm trying to play God. I'm taking way too much on. I'm not resting. I haven't said no to people. I've allowed my insecurity to get the best of me. And so I'm driven to do things to make other people happy in my life. And I'm not taking time for myself. So what do we do about it? I mean, we all feel like, and, and how many of you in this room, you would say to me, I have been experiencing a great amount of stress in my life. Let me see your hands. Come on, be honest. So what do we do about it? I, I want to I give you a couple of words, just a couple of words, and we're going to wrap this up. And then we're going to take a few moments to sit quietly before the Lord today. I would suggest to you that number one, the first thing you need to do to deal with your stress is to repent. Repent. Revelations chapter 2, Jesus is speaking to the church at Ephesus and he says, I know that you're doing all these things that seem to be good, all these good ideas, but you've lost the most important God idea. He said, you have lost your first love for me. And I want you to know today, the first thing that we all need to do is be honest with ourselves and repentance. Look at me. Repentance is being honest with yourself. Repentance is coming to your senses and saying there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong with trying really hard. But when trying really hard causes you to begin to disobey God's voice in your life, causes you to disobey the signs that God has given you in your body, in your mind, causes you to violate Sabbath rest, causes you to violate the principles of balance in your life, then you need to stop and repent. And I want to be honest with you. I had to repent this week. I had to get on my knees before God and say, God, I should not be having that pain in my chest. Lord, I should not be feeling so overwhelmed right now. And there's a reason for it. And you're not the blame for it. I'm the blame for it. 
because you didn't give me all of this. I took on way too much. I tried to be God, and I'm not God. Lord, forgive me for trying to be God. And help me, Lord, to be able to say no to people, be secure enough to know that they're going to still love me no matter what. And Lord, you're going to still love me because I, I live in grace. And Lord, I just want to be centered on, on, on loving you first and obeying you, Lord. And if that means that I need to say no to obey you, to say yes to you, then I'm going to do it. How many of you in this room, you know that there's something you need to repent about in your life because something has gone awry because you have not been listening to the small, still voice of that peaceful Jesus that's speaking to you and saying, I want to give you peace. Number two, you need to reevaluate. Haggai chapter one says this. Listen what it says. And then a little while later, God, the angel spoke again. And he said to Haggai, take a good look. Take a good hard look at your life. Think it over. You have spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled up. You keep on drinking and drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. You put on layer after layer of clothes, but you can't get warm. And the people who work for you, what are they getting out of it? Not much. A leaky, rusty bucket. That's what. That's why God, the angel of the armies of God, said, take a good hard look at your life. Think it over. I want you to stop for a moment and I want you to take a good hard look at your life and think it over. Not, not to be condemned. You live in the grace of God. God loves you with an everlasting love. And he's not here to make you feel worse about your life. He's here to say you need to stop. You need to slow down. You need to start taking inventory of your life. You need to begin to think it over so that then, number three, you can reprioritize. It's not too late to reprioritize. Jesus said, yet I hold this one thing against you. You have forsaken the love you had for me at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. That's reprioritizing. Shifting around. Putting your family first. Putting God first. Shifting around. Making a decision to leave this place today and saying, there's some things that need to get taken off my plate. I, I remember, Ron, I was serving on all these boards, these these." Boards outside the church. And I remember I went to a district council leadership meeting. And I, unbeknownst to me that it was coming, I got elected to be the, 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 the executive presbyter of 340 churches in New York. So I sat on a board with about seven other people. And I'd have to fly back and forth, back and forth, back and forth from from Valley Stream to Syracuse constantly. I was on planes constantly. And I called up the district superintendent and I said, Dwayne, I want to tell you that I'm not going to put my name back up again. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to finish out my term and then I'm, I'm going to resign that position. And I want to tell you something. When I went to district network meeting. I was standing there, and the enemy started speaking to my mind, and he said to me, do you really want to do that? You've got a high position. I mean, everybody knows you. You're an executive presbyter. You know, you could put in front of your name, executive presbyter Steve Malazzo, you know, and everybody could look at you in a certain way, and I had to die to that. 
And I called up Dwayne and I said to him, uh, my pastor, and I said to him, I said, Dwayne, I want you to know that I'm not going to put my name back up again because God has called me to lead Hope Day. And God has called me to plant churches. And so I'm going to take this off my plate as hard as it was for me because the status of that was a big status. I had to die to myself. And I had to say, Lord, I'm trusting you on this thing. Lord, I'm giving up this position. And the moment I gave it up, there was peace. Why? Because there was too much on my plate. And for some of you, you just got way too much on your plate. Something has to come off your plate so that you can be doing the very things that God called you to do. Don't put something on your plate that God never gave you to do. Come on, somebody. If there's anything you need to remember about this sermon, do not put on a weight that God has not put on you. Come on, somebody. I don't care if the pastor comes to you and says, you've got to do this. You're the only person. That, if God didn't tell you to do it, stand tall and say, I cannot do it, pastor. I love you. I love you. But I'd be going out of the will of God to do this. And you've got to make sure that you are balanced in your life. With all of that that I said, you better sign up for Hope Day. Number four, real quick, number four, you need to retreat. There are times in our life when we need to retreat. What do I mean by that? I don't mean retreat against the enemy. I mean retreat into the presence of God. Retreat into the presence of God. And that's why in a few moments we're going to have an exercise of retreating into the presence of God. I love Psalms 27, one of the most famous psalms, one of the most favorite psalms in my life. Because I understand what it is to be under incredible pressure in my life, I love Psalms 27. One thing I have desired of the Lord, this I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of stress, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me as the worship team comes. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted above my enemies and my stressful situations that are all around me. Therefore, I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praise unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me in my stressful situation when thou sayest seek ye my face my heart will say thy face will I seek O Lord Psalms 46 10 be still and know that I am God be still and know that I am God that's why I need to Every day of my life, be still and know that he's God. So I have to get into my prayer closet all along with God. Because the last R I want to give you, number five, is receive. You can't receive from God until you're, you're, you're still enough so that he can put it in you. He's not going to, he, you know, it's kind of, remember when you were feeding your, you wanted to feed your kids breakfast and they were running out the door and you're like, you want to feed them and they're running out the door and you can't get it in their mouth. God can't feed you if you're running all the time and you don't learn how to be still 
in the presence of Almighty God. I got to tell you something. When I get stressed, I retreat into the presence of God. I feel good today. You know why? Because I came back from that trip and I said, I got to get into the presence of God. Not that I wasn't in the presence of God, but I needed to retreat a little bit, spend some time, me and God alone, just getting away, spending time with God. Elijah is in an incredibly stressful situation in his life, and he runs into the desert, goes into the cave, and in the cave, he hears the small, still voice of the Lord, and God says, it's going to be okay. I want you to hear that voice today. I want you to hear that voice this morning. Would you close your eyes? I want you to hear that voice today. Let's slow it down for a few moments. I know it's a little late today, but let's just slow it down for a few moments. Amen. And let's just hear from the Lord today. Close your eyes. I want you to pretend for a moment. I want you to picture yourself. You're in a room all by yourself with God. You're in your prayer closet. I want you to picture yourself walking on the beach or walking in the woods all by yourself, walking on a trail all by yourself. What would God say to you? What would your daddy, what would your Abba, what would Jesus say to you? Would he say you're so stressed out, Martha, Martha, you're so busy with so many things? Would he say you're so filled with fear? Would he say you've been running and running and running from me? It's time for you to stop. It's time for you to take a moment and listen to what I need to say to you today. I want you to listen. Be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I want you to listen, listen. Now, I want you to ask yourself the question. Close your eyes. What do I need to repent of that is causing stress in my life? Is there unconfessed sin in my life? Friend, I want to tell you something. Your spouse may not know. Your children may not know. Your pastor may not know. But because you know it's causing stress in your life unresolved relationship issues, unspoken pain and sorrow that has caused bitterness in your life. What do you need to repent of today that's causing stress in your life? 
What do you need to reevaluate in your life? Do you need to go back to family? Do you need to go back to God? Do you need to go back to the priorities in your life? What do you need to reprioritize in your life? You need to ask yourself the question, am I retreating and spending time with God? Do I need to learn to be still in the presence of Almighty God so that you can receive today? You can receive power, grace, and peace in your life. Lord, I pray for us today, God. Lord, you know that I'm a high-energy person, but today, Lord God, it's not about a high-energy altar call. It's about us learning how to sit in your presence, Lord. Learning how to talk to Abba. Learning how to talk to God. I want you to talk to God right now. I want you to say, God, please forgive me for taking on too much. Please forgive me for running from you, God. And I want you to begin to receive the grace of God in your life right now. He loves you. God loves you so much. And he wants you to experience peace. Jesus said, peace I give you, not as the world gives it, but as I give it. So Dallas is going to sing one more time, it is well with my soul. And when he finishes singing that, we're going to pray a, a last prayer together. And then I want you to go home. I want you to continue to think about what I've said and continue to work through that process of repentance of reprioritizing refocusing retreating and receiving of the Lord today when peace like a river Now, Father, as we go today, Lord, may we be, uh, ultimately, may we be totally convinced that you love us enough to even apply the pressure in our life to get us to go in the direction that will bless us the most. So thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your peace in our life that's unstoppable. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, and everyone said, come on, give somebody a big hug on the way out. God bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. Don't forget, God has a plan for your life, and it's big. <laughs>